Are you hurt, scared, powerless, or sad? That's usually what's trying to come out. Hurt, scared, powerless, or sad. And that translates into some kind of a behavior. If you can put words on it, then the people that are with you, they can begin to adjust. Like, oh, you're hurt. I thought you were angry. So when I experience your angry, I am yikes, or I will be angry right back at you. But if I experience your hurt, I'm like, oh, that touches my compassion. I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi, guys. Thank you for tuning in from all across the nations of the world for this week's What's Going to Be an Extremely special, very empowering for you conversation. Of course, this week's episode of Live Your Best Life with me, Liz Wright. And my very special guest joining me for today's conversation is somebody that I really hold in the utmost respect and regard. He's a man of such a lot of love and wisdom. He's an international best-selling author that many of you will probably have read his books. He's also the co-founder of Loving on Purpose, which is a platform you'll hear a little bit more about in the conversation. It provides powerful resources and tools for your life to know how to do relationships really well, which is the conversation today, which is what we all need more wisdom on, right? So just if you can, let this next 30 minutes be undistracted you time. Get a get a notepad and a pen because you are going to hear nuggets that are going to change your life. Of course, it's my joy to welcome into the conversation with me today, Danny Silk. Danny, welcome. Hi, Liz. How you doing? I am doing really well and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. <laughs> so <laughs> I really am. We all need extra help with relationships, right? So, and there isn't anybody better to talk to around this subject, I don't think, than you. So question one, I wanted to ask you, what do powerful people look like in a relationship and what do they require of each other? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it kind of starts there, right? It uh, mm -hmm. begins with, uh, I am powerful and I can tell me what to do and I will actually do it. Uh, I start with saying that powerful people classically gets misinterpreted as angry people or aggressive people or dominant people. And it's none of those things. All of those people are scared. All of those people are out of control of themselves and trying to control others. Powerful people are determined to control themselves and direct themselves in specific priorities that they carry in life, such as connecting with the valuable relationships around them, choosing love instead of being guided by fear, uh, being respectful and responsible in their communication to lower anxiety, and to uh, set boundaries, keep boundaries, exit abusive or disrespectful communication conversations, and only participate in things that are 
loving and kind and beautiful and lovely. And that's where you'll see me. I'm a powerful person and I tell myself to participate in what represents and glorifies Christ and that only. That's what powerful people can do. Gosh, that's amazing. It's life-changing just to live in your relationship, in the space of your relationship from that perspective. It's the foundation, isn't it? It's the foundation for building a healthy relationship. Okay, so the, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, we get lots of communication in from you guys, just asking for prayer for your relationships, for me to talk to people who can bring wisdom, hence today's conversation about how to do relationships really well. And one of the biggies that people struggle with, as you well know, Danny, is how to create safe connection. Can you speak to us about that with each other, obviously? Um, you know, I think that the the um, the amount of drama that has been woven into our relationships, and I don't know if it's just these days because of how easy it is to get everyone scared and upset. I I don't know exactly if it's if it's on a grander scale or we're just way more sensitive to it. But when you when you talk about a safe place, usually it's it's about don't be uh, don't disagree. Don't tell me something I don't want to hear. Don't trigger me. And it's your job to manage me in the relationship. And that is not what a safe place is. A safe place is the light. Like we are going to come into the light together and I will show you me and you will speak to understand who you see and we will communicate like I tell you about me and you listen and then you check to see if that's what I'm showing you and then we reverse it and now you tell me about you and I listen. And then I checked to see if I heard what it is that you said. And now what we're doing really is we're simply showing each other what's going on with us instead of what we classically do is we tell each other what's going on with each other. And then we hope that to agree together, which never happens. You know, when I tell you now, please hear me now, don't. Hear my heart. Hear my heart. Don't don't get upset. Don't don't get defensive. You know. Don't 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 shut down. Now don't don't think I'm trying to attack you. But basically, I hear my heart. Hear my heart. Basically, you're selfish and evil, right? I mean, can you hear my heart? Can you hear my heart? And that practice, no matter how sweet you get about judging someone else, it begins a downhill process of anxiety defensiveness, manipulation, and eventually punishment because we get disconnected. So if we'll stand in the light together, have fellowship with Jesus and with each other in the light, then I can tell you the truth and you can tell me the truth. And as we exchange the truth, we build this beautiful trust. Oh my gosh, that's absolutely brilliant. That's how you build intentionally connection with each other and like like you've said that that's how you create that space between you that's safe mm -hmm. 
And you both, I love that you bring Jesus right into the center of the relationship as the priority. Everything's in the light. And and also the way that you teach how to be responsible with yourself, you know, yeah. and that's liberating in a relationship because we've all done it, haven't we? <laughs> Tell the other person who they are. You, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it it doesn't build trust. <laughs> you know, it really doesn't. Can you Very. can you yeah. There was something you said. I was reading some of your material and I thought, oh, that's amazing. It's like how we communicate healthily with each other in terms of we begin to language our emotions as we're sharing more, we're getting more vulnerable, we're sharing who we are with our partner. We begin to language our emotions rather than act out our feelings, behave our feelings. And I thought that was such brilliant language. So because we do live out, we do act our emotions, don't we? And it sabotages yeah. relationship a lot of the time. Instead of practicing languaging and being vulnerable, like you said, so that we can get to know each other, you know, and not in a non-judgmental, safe environment with each other where we are kind we are considerate we are accepting and loving we we are supposed to be each other's safe place aren't we so my question to you is can you help us with some keys for developing that capacity to language our feelings and stop <laughs> reacting yeah well I, I think it's the journey towards perfect love so perfect love uh mm. i think it's the mm. amplified bible says uh, perfect, mature love casts out all fear. So that's our journey. Our journey is to become fearless in our relationships. And um, wow. the the maturing of my communication with you is that I, I learn to put words to my emotions because immaturity, like we see children, we watch children and children behave their feelings they're throwing their toys they're slamming the door they're bursting into tears they're they're running out of the room you know they're just screaming you're like oh that child's upset oh something happens okay something's going on that child's upset we know it because of their behavior well when you're 50 years old and you're behaving your feelings you are an abusive human being you are scary to be around you're unpredictable uh, you are you are constantly disrespectful because you don't know how to put a, a label on what's going on inside of you. You just try to control the environment with your behavior. So the the transition is that I begin to teach my children to identify their feelings and put a word on them. Right. So that would be a really great parenting. Uh, priority is to teach my child to communicate. You feel sad. Do you feel mad? Do you feel glad? You know, are you hurt, scared, powerless, or sad? That's usually what's trying to come out. Hurt, scared, powerless, or sad. And that translates into some kind of a behavior. If you can put words on it, then the people that are with you they can begin to adjust like, oh, you're hurt. I thought you were angry. So when I experience you're angry, 
I am yikes, or I will be angry right back at you. But if I experience your hurt, I'm like, oh, that touches my compassion. That 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 is a very different response because you actually told me the truth, and the exchange of truth is what sets us free, and that's the 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 purpose or the 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 drive is that we can actually have effective interactions because I told you the truth. Now you have good information. You know how to respond in a way that will actually help me. But if I lie to you, if I rah, rah, and you go rah back or you run away, I think you don't care about me. But just misresponding because I gave you really bad information. So if I tell you the truth, we, you now understand why I'm behaving this way. I'm hurt. I'm not rejecting you. I'm hurt. Yeah. And oh, I'm sorry I hurt you. I wasn't trying to hurt you. What do you need? I need to feel healed up and, and, and protected. Oh, okay, here. And so there's a very different spirit about it, and there's a very different effect. The fruit of, of that love is connection versus we disconnect and we are scared of each other until we kind of forget about what happened. And then we kind of move back towards each other, but we're still scared of each other and we're scared, scared of being uh, hurt or punished like we just were. A lot of people live in these, these disconnects where our goal is distance because I'm afraid if I open up and am vulnerable, you're really going to hurt me. So we just kind of tolerate each other for 20 years and call it a marriage. It's just huge what you're sharing, Danny. It's just, um, it's freedom from being dominated by fear-driven fear, isn't it? Just fear-driven living, which is how society is quite largely. And just to be able to, oh, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing what you can actually create in a relationship when you can actually have the tools like you provide for people to be able to know how to do this well, how to do relationship well. And I just love what you shared, like practicing, just languaging your feelings, getting good at that. Because lots of us didn't learn that in childhood, you know, and it's a game changer. <laughs> Clearly, that's why we behave the way we do as adults, right? It's just not socially acceptable anymore. It's slightly destructive. You know, but Oh, my gosh, it's massive. Oh, I've got so many questions. I could talk to you for like hours and hours and hours. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so what you've just shared is also hugely helpful, right, in conflict, in how we do, how we resolve conflict really well as we practice sharing ourselves vulnerably, languaging our emotions, moving towards each other, not allowing fear to dominate, like you said. Okay, so talk to us about that, will you, Danny, a little bit more, like unpack how, okay, so we hit conflict, we're starting to to address the fact that fear is dominant right now where do, where do we go how do we do this part well in our relationships um years ago i wrote a book called keep your love on yeah i read and, it i love it and and th- those initials are kylo so we kylo this and kylo that and we have all this kylo stuff and that was way before kylo ren rolled onto the scene but 
Kylo Ren dominates Google. So I know. <laughs> it's it's a but the Kylo Five, we call it the Kylo Five, and it starts with you're a powerful person. So mm-hmm. this back to self-control. I control me and I tell me what to do with me. So that makes the job doable. When I'm trying to control other people in a conflict, especially a disagreement, when I'm trying to get you to either agree with me or adjust to how I need you to be, this is where the anxiety begins to go through the roof because I don't actually control you. And so when when I'm running powerlessly in a conflict, my anxiety is on an upward spiral. So I got to get back to self-control. I'm going to control me. And then I need to choose which spirit I am of. Am I of the spirit of fear and punishment and destruction? Or am I of the spirit of love and joy and connection? What will be the spirit, the fuel that I use in this conflict? Who will be my counselor? And then what is my goal? Is my goal self-preservation and distance or is my goal connection? Because if my goal is connection, that determines how I'll behave. I will be, uh, I'll be looking for your love language. I'll be looking for the next step, which is respectful communication. I'll be looking for ways to cast out fear, lower anxiety in the way that I communicate. So this goes back to, I will tell you about me, I won't tell you about you. And I will listen to you tell me about you, but I will not listen to you tell me about me. And then I'll set healthy boundaries, which means I will participate in this conversation as long as respect is high and punishment and irresponsibility is absent. So that is the, the the template for a productive conflict and just healthy communication is I will be happy to have this conversation as long as it's respectful. When it becomes disrespectful and respect leaves the room, I'm going with her. I'll be leaving with the respect and we can circle back maybe in an hour and try this again. So good, Danny. That's what powerful people can do. Yeah, so good. So good. So do you encourage people, I'm sure you do, to have a very clear vision and agreed value system that that holds the marriage, the relationship. It's like the plumb line. It holds the marriage on track. Well, I, I encourage people to master themselves. Yeah. Because I, I, I know it, it, it sounds uh, maybe counterculture or whatever, but I want to make an agreement with you. And like our wedding vows, we have these vows that we said back. You know, most people don't remember what they were, but it was some. It was an agreement. It was a cultural agreement. We were doing our best to set ourselves up for a a beautiful future. Um, Usually, at some point, we abandon those in our character, in our memory. And uh, I think it was Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan in the ring until they get punched in the mouth. 
Like, right. You know, that's exactly what happens. Everybody has core values and everybody has this beautiful vision until they get hurt in the relationship. And then they peel off and they're now stripped down to the character development and maturity that they've cultivated up until now. That is what everything falls to. Everything falls to your maturity level. And most people, especially in early relationship, are pretty shocked at how immature they are. Now, <laughs> you're right. when you're 50, you know, when you're 50 and you're still <laughs> like acting like a selfish little baby. You know, so that the right. success of the greatest vision and plan really is resting on the maturity level that you've achieved as a person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially as you enter marriage and you realize you think you're doing well. Right. <laughs> and then you discover, like you say, oh, this person's nothing like me. How rude. <laughs> okay, here we go. Yeah. If marriage doesn't reveal that to you, then having a child will. <laughs> That's true. Because these children are un unmerciful. They are <laughs> they are just relentlessly demanding, and they will you right down to your self control. <laughs> it's true. They just will not do what you want them to do they, all the time. They, they, they you can't control them. You. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's so brilliant. Okay, another big topic, Danny, that we get asked about, and it's I'm it's not my area of speciality, and of course it's yours, um, is the area of where people start to become codependent in relationships. And it becomes very dysfunctional very, very quickly, and people kind of start to lose their autonomy. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? I mean, it's it's a very popular word. Can you give us definition for this and help with it? Because it seems to be quite a problem for people. Absolutely. Um, my best definition of codependency is I work harder on your life than you do. Oof! wow. <laughs> yeah. So some people call that parenting. <laughs> it doesn't work with a husband or wife. Though, does <laughs> and some people call it marriage. And some, <laughs> yeah. people, call it, some people call it discipleship. So it's a, it is a, a, it's back to self-control, which means I will, I will never work harder on your problems than you do. And that has to be a point of, of definition in, in your relationships, whether it's your mom or your brother or your house or your child i will never work harder on your problems than you do so i will always come to the line where my life stops and your life starts and i will meet you at that line but i will not cross that line and come into controlling you because it's a fallacy it is an absolute fantasy that i control you now, a lot of people get wrapped up in that fantasy because they're so good at loving people. Like, hmm. no, you've crossed the line and now you are a master manipulator is what you are. You are practicing witchcraft in this relationship. 
Wow. Oh my gosh. And so it is time to back up to your line, wherever that is. I mean, when 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 Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus, you know, he, he comes into the town and 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 blind Bartimaeus, I mean, blind Bartimaeus is so blind, his first name is blind, right? Okay, like hello, it's not a mystery. And when Jesus comes up to the line where his life stops and Bart's life starts, Jesus asks him, what is it that you want? And Bart's kind of got to be looking around like, uh, hey, uh, is is Jesus blind too? I mean, hello, what do I want? <laughs> yeah. He says, my sight, Lord. And Jesus goes, be healed. This is a beautiful expression and demonstration of a healthy relationship. Jesus got nothing but help and nothing but love and stops at the line. That's brilliant. Such a clear example. Yeah, and it's throughout the Bible. It just goes on and on and on. Jesus is a master practitioner of healthy boundaries. Yeah. And that's how he comes to the earth, surrounds himself with people who needs miracles, and knocks out his ministry in three years without an iPhone. <laughs> right. No social media. Amazing. <laughs> that's so brilliant. So you really do respect the individuality of the other person. And it's that it's for them to communicate their needs, to tell you who they are, the, you to respect that liberty all the time of the other in the midst of having a having union and building uh, the closest possible connection with one another. So, again, I suppose, you know, how do you encourage people to continue to ma maintain that connection once they've got that healthy connection? What would you say you found to be like the most successful ingredients to keep engaging, keep their front and center of the relationship to protect it? Um, I, mean, well, I think that the, the momentum yeah. of, uh, of healthy relationship is health. You know, the, the, uh, you, you cannot have a healthy relationship with an unhealthy person. You can be healthy there, but you can't have a healthy relationship. So it actually takes health begets health, and unhealth begets unhealth. So you have to eventually you surrounding yourself with increasing numbers of healthy relationships, and that creates a culture. And the only way to stay in is to mature your health and to. Um, mature your love and that's pushing fear out of that healthy community and people begin to practice covenant that as normal and when you practice covenant you you you're willingly sacrificing adjusting protecting connection uh looking for ways to nourish and cherish one another it's it's exactly what's in the new testament it's that is it but yeah. when we when we try to host all these dysfunctions and corruptions and uh, fear, then it, it it becomes a an impossible task because we 
we don't insist that we manage ourselves towards covenant. Yeah. It just comes back to that, doesn't it? At the end of the day, it's the state we're in in our internal world. I remember listening, I think it was one of your books that I read a while back, and you were talking about ultimately your internal reality will show up on the outside, will become your external reality. And it's that, isn't it? It's that, like you're saying, the more healthy as we're investing in ourselves, we're growing in our relational connection with Jesus, we're we're investing in the health of ourselves, the emotional well-being of ourselves, and we're growing in learning you know, equipping ourselves, which is obviously what you do in the found in in loving on purpose. I mean, the resources you have are brilliant. Actually, helped me parent. You know, when I was a single parent for twelve years, I devoured your content because Jesus had said to me right at the beginning. I said to the Lord, "How do I parent this beautiful little girl that you've trusted to me?" And He said, "Not too many rules. Just stay connected to her heart." And then when somebody gave me your content, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is just." It was so helpful you know, no fear, no punishment, just continually growing myself as a parent, growing myself. As, and then obviously now I'm married, you know, and in relationship, but investing in ourselves so that what we produce is beautiful, is, you know, that we actually do know how to love well in a in a very specific way. Oh, it's just so brilliant. Okay. Just in the few minutes we've got left, Annie, I would love you to tell people how to get hold of you and what you're doing with the with the university because it's just fantastic content for people. Um yeah, come to lovingonpurpose.com and you can find out all about it. Kylo University is 16 weeks of your connection with, with God, your connection with your own heart, your connection with others. And it's just beautiful to watch the change lives. People come in uh, trying to really fix this one part of their life, and they end up with a transformation. They're, they're just seeing the, the Father like they've never known Him before. They're understanding their own heart and, and feel confident to live from that place freely. And all their relationships are not only improving from the, the communication, but from other people watching them, those relationships begin to, to change. And they're like, I don't know what's going on with you, but I want to get some of what you got. So it is <laughs> super fun. And then there's the Kylo Show podcast, which comes out every Monday. Yeah, which is brilliant. Again, just full of nuggets. I've, I've watched some of those. Just fantastic. We all need more ability to have relationships to do life really well, right? I think the quality of our life is is an outflow from the health of our relationships, isn't it? If our relationships are just not working, life is difficult and Jesus wants us to flourish. And this is the man to go to, guys. <laughs> Danny, thank you so much. It's just so enjoyable talking with you. Yeah, it's always great to have you on. And guys, thank you too for giving us your precious time. Have the most brilliant week. And I really do pray an increased blessing on your relationships and on your ability to connect. And I look forward to being with you again next week. God bless. Over 20 years ago now, I had a life-transforming experience with Jesus. He enabled me to begin to walk with him in a supernatural way where a lifestyle of encounters became my normal. And that's why I wrote Reflecting God, I have literally poured out into this book all of the keys that I have learnt down the years on how you walk this kind of life with Him. I encourage you, pick up a copy of Reflecting God from wherever you buy your books.